Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. We see these Pharisees coming to Jesus. They have this woman caught in the very act of adultery. Now, considering what that means is in physically, in the natural, it's kind of embarrassing to be caught in that act. But to be caught in that act with someone who's not your husband, is even worse. They didn't bring the guy. They just brought her. Amen? The Old Testament says both, if caught, will be stoned. But they just brought her because they're trying to trip Jesus up. Amen? They brought her, threw her down, Scripture says, in front of Jesus. Explain the situation. This is all right, Rabbi. Let's see what your answer is. The Torah says she must be stoned. What do you say? In other words, they're saying, what does your yoke about walking in love have to say about this? You see, they thought they had Jesus stuck between a rock and a hard place because As a rabbi, he has to take a 100% stand for the Talmud. He has to say, the commandments say she needs to be stoned. That's what the law says. And if he did that, they said, see, he doesn't walk in love. But if he says, well, I love this woman, let's let her go. They'll say, see, he doesn't do what the law says. They thought they had Jesus stuck. And Jesus, when he sees this, I'm sure it says he kneels down, starts writing in the sand, in the dirt. And they keep asking, well, are you going to answer us? We don't know what he wrote. But I have a feeling. It was something like, because he he stands up and says, "You're right. The law says she should be stoned. 
They thought they had them, right? But then he adds a little bit more to it. He says, but since you brought her to me and you want me to pass judgment on her, my yoke is one of love. So, yes, the law says she should be stoned. That is required by the law. But my yoke, because I have so Mika, I can do anything I want, and you brought her to me as the judge, my yoke, my Samika, and my yoke says she can only be stoned by someone who has never committed sin. In other words, she should only be judged by God. And she can only be stoned, according to the law, by someone who has never committed a sin. And the scripture says, They started tossing down their rocks, starting at the oldest all the way to the youngest. Because the oldest one standing there said, Oh, man, he got us again and threw down their rocks and walked off. The younger ones were left there like, What? I thought we were going to stone this girl. What's going on? They said, Come on, boy, let's go. He got us. And they tossed theirs down and walked away. And as this is happening, Jesus is in the sand writing, Na 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 na. I have some Mika and you don't. Now that may not be what he wrote, but it sounded good to me. Glory to God. No one's left. Jesus stands up and says, Woman, where are your accusers? He doesn't ask her details. He said, Tell me what happened. Tell me why you did this. What or was in your mind. He doesn't ask her any of that. He simply stands up and says, Woman, where are those that are accusing you? And she looks around, says, No man is here, Lord. And he says, Okay, well, the law says that committing adultery, you need to be stoned, but... The law also says you can only be stoned out of the mouth of at least two witnesses, and there's none here. So, since they brought you to me as the judge, as the judge, I declare a mistrial, because there's no one here to make accusations against you. So now go and don't do this anymore. Amen. Look at the Samika of Jesus. He not only fulfilled the law, he still was walking according to his yoke. Amen. And it says later that she followed him. Glory to God. All right. Now, that's the Samika of your rabbi. That's the yoke, the authority and the yoke of our rabbi, Jesus. Amen. Now, Jesus did many, many more miracles while on earth prior to the crucifixion. 
And we're going to look at some of them. We may not get into all of them today. That's why I'm thinking we're going to be looking more into this next week. But I want you to remember that the yoke of Jesus represents the love of God. You have to remember that. He had Samika. He had the authority and was able to teach his own line of teaching what the Word of God said. It had to verify all of the Old Testament, the Torah and all the teachings of the prophets and all that. It had to verify the Old Testament books. His teachings had to follow the Old Testament books, but he could not establish anything not in the Old Testament. Even though he had Samika, he had to follow everything in the Old Testament. But his Samika gave him permission to teach what the Old Testament said in accordance with his yoke, which was love. And this yoke that Jesus taught his disciples, who is a disciple? It's a follower of a rabbi. A follower of Jesus was taught the love of God, which is the yoke of Jesus, and this new way is what we call the New Testament. Amen. Glory to God. All right, I'm glad we finally got to that point. Took me half an hour, but we got there. Glory to God. Now we're going to move on. All right, try and keep up with me. Keeping that in mind, let's look at some of the things Jesus did. And I want to turn to John chapter 14. John 14. Glory to God. Verse 12 is where we're going to start. Verily, verily, I say to you. In other words, he's saying, truthfully, I am telling you the absolute truth here, boys. He that believes in me, the works I do. In other words, what you see me do, you can do also. Greater works than these shall he do because I'm going to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that, that thing which you ask, I will do so the Father may be glorified. What's he going to be glorified in? The Son. What's he talking about? The Father may be glorified in me as I empower you to do the works that I do and even greater works than I did. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. The emphasis is for you. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it for you. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now let's dissect this verse very quickly here. Jesus is telling his disciples... Again, who is a disciple of Jesus? It's a follower of his teachings, correct? Okay, a follower of the teachings of Jesus is learning the way that Jesus teaches. What did he have to say about the way? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody gets to heaven. Nobody can have access to the Father unless they go through me. That's what Jesus is teaching. That's his samika. That's his authority. Correct? Okay. With Jesus as your rabbi, as your teacher of the word of God. Think about this now. That's what his words are doing in this book. He is teaching you 
the Word of God. He's teaching you. They've been recorded. These acts in the four Gospels are for you to learn the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is teaching you. Glory to God. And since you are now a disciple of his teachings, the teachings of Jesus, you are, remember what the yoke does? You, as a disciple, can only teach the things your rabbi taught you. So as a disciple of Jesus, you are bound to only teach what your rabbi teaches, correct? So based off everything we've studied so far, you can only teach then what Jesus teaches you. You can't teach any other way to heaven. You can't teach any other way of doing healings or deliverances or praying or anything. You can't teach anything except what Jesus taught you. So all these other cults, you know, the, the Mormons with following John Smith and the Harry Kirshners and, and Muslims and Mohammed and, and Buddha and Confucius and all of those, you can't teach anything but what Jesus taught. And he said, you only get to heaven through my teachings, through me. Amen. Glory to God. So, Jesus says, as my disciple, if you see me do something according to the word of God, you can do the same thing. If I heal someone, that means you can pray and healing will come also. If I do anything, you can do it also. As a matter of fact, you'll be able to do even greater things that you see me do because I'm going to my Father in heaven. I'll be able to make intercession directly with him for you. Amen. So if you ask anything, and notice this phrase, we're going to look at this, in my name. Notice he qualified it. He didn't say, whatever you ask, I'll do. No, he said, whatever you ask in my name, in biblical studies, in biblical expressions, that phrase, in my name, means according to my character. And that clears up a whole lot of misunderstandings going on today in, in tr Christian circles about the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it group, all right? Those type of accusations, sometimes they are based in fact. But the, and, and they'll, they'll use this scripture to base their prayers on, okay? But we're going to look at this. For example, if you say, Lord, give me $1 million, and you base it on this scripture. And you say, I pray that I receive it because I just asked you for it. And you said, whatever I asked you for, you'd give to me. So I declare I have it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, according to what you've prayed, was that according to my name? Or was it in my name? Whatever you ask in my name is not the same thing as what is translated as according to my character. Amen? Was it asked according to the character of Jesus? Well, it depends on what the $1 million is going to be used for. 
If you just want it so you can retire and take it easy, no. If you're asking for a healing for your body so you can sit at home and watch TV with no pain, you're not getting it. It's not in accordance with what Jesus' character is all about. You may even have grandiose plans for the million dollars, or at least some of it. You may plan on using it for ministry uses. But if you're asking for it so you can have a large ministry and people will recognize me and they'll recognize that because I have this large ministry, they must respect me and I'll have honor everywhere I go. That's not asking in accordance with Jesus' character. Amen? If you do not need a million dollars right now to do what Jesus has called you to do, the first few steps he's laid out for you, you're not going to get it. Because he wants you to walk by faith. He wants you to say, let's see, he shows you, you're going to purchase this, you're going to purchase a radio station. We're going to use that one. You're going to purchase a radio station for a million dollars. And you say, okay, Lord, give me the million dollars. I believe I receive it. Well, just because he showed you this is what your future is going to hold does not mean this is where you are at right now. He may have said, this is what your future is going to be. But this is what I want you to do right now. You can say, Lord, I don't want to do that. I want that. No. Because what you're learning to do in step one and step two and step three and step four will prepare you for that day. Now, let me give a brief testimony. At the time of this broadcast, over five years, almost going on six years ago, the Lord told me, I want you to begin a 30-minute weekly online radio broadcast. I had no idea. I had to have help to check email. I didn't know the first thing about what he was talking about, but I had it wrote down in my prayer journal. And we he hawed around and almost two years went by because this initially was in 2008, November 4, 2008. And almost two years went by before we actually did, actually a little over two years, before we actually did the step Jesus told us to take. Amen. We began with a 30-minute weekly online radio broadcast. Many would call it a podcast. Within two months, we were on nationwide radio. And I thought, oh, this is great. This is what's going to bring in the millions of dollars to grow this ministry. And boy, was I wrong. I was wrong to the tune of more than a million dollars because we lost money on that deal. But what Jesus was teaching me was you don't need to follow the path of other ministries going on the radio or television. Trust me. But what I learned in that process about how to record quality 
radio programming, what that meant, how to do the intros and the outros and how to load the files to servers on radio stations and how to make sure your time limits are exact and you know you, you don't go on a half hour program you don't go 42 minutes and you don't go 12 minutes it's got to be like 26 and a half to 27 minutes and and you stay within those time constraints so commercials can be played and, and all these different things we learned during the one year we were on nationwide radio. About seven, eight months into that, the Lord spoke the next step. All right, we're now in step three. He said, I want you to start your own online Christian radio station where people will send you files and you will be the radio station. Oh, I'm really walking in deep water. Amen. I had no idea how to do this, but we found out how, and we studied it, and we set it up, and we did it. And we started in very last place in worldwide rankings. And soon, I can't say soon, it was over the course of a year or so, we started rising in the rankings till we found ourselves two years later in the top ten worldwide. I mean, we were, our station was growing Amen. We had followers from all over the world. At the time, it was like 130 different nations. We started a music-only praise and worship radio, and that grew in the top 10 in genre. And then the Lord said in, uh, let's see, I guess it was summer of 2014, you're not able to do what I want you to do with this radio station you currently have. I want you to begin another radio station on a different server. And these are the things, these are the requirements you must have. I had 10 must-have requirements. And based upon what I had learned during those couple of years, three years, I had four additional this-would-be-nice-to-have requirements. And it took us almost 90 days of searching different servers and what they were offering and how they could help us and were these things being met until we found one that had all 14 points that the Lord had given us. Glory to God. And we did some testing. It worked perfectly. And we began beta testing it in December of 2014. And we launched January 1st, 2015. I think that's right. No. We began beta testing December of 2013 and launched January 1st, 2014. Hallelujah. And we began growing in listening hours until the first year, December 31st, 2014. We had, I think it was 5,000 listening hours. And I was like, wow, that's not too bad. And then, at the end of 2015, we had over 100,000 listening hours. And beginning in late August, we started hitting the number one ranking in the world intermittently. Glory to God. Number one in the entire planet of Christian broadcast. And in 2016, this is uh, in July... 2016, time of this broadcast, 
ending on June 30th, 2016. We have already exceeded listening hours that we had for the entire year in 2015. We are on track. Our goal this year is 200,000 listening hours, which will give us close to a quarter of a million listening hours in just three years. Glory to God. Bob Thibodeau can't do that. I don't know how to do that. But because I'm following the Somika of Jesus, and I'm doing what he says, this is step one. And the money that came in for step one was enough for us to do step one. This is step two. The money that came in that year allowed us to accomplish step two. We're now in step three, and the income that's coming in now allows us to do step three. What is step four? He hasn't shown me yet. He's shown me where the ultimate destination will be, and when that time comes, that's when the money will flow in. Amen. I said all that to get to this point that When you pray, Lord, give me a million dollars, give me a hundred thousand dollars, give me ten thousand, whatever it is you're asking for, give me healing. It has to be, he says, you ask it in accordance with my name. You ask it in my name. It has to be in accordance with his character. Not because you want it, but because he needs you to have it now to accomplish something. If you need a million dollars to do what he has called you to do, Right now, in this step, he will answer that prayer. If you don't need it to accomplish the step you are at, he will not answer that prayer because it's not in accordance with his character. All right. Let's look at the remainder of the verses. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Notice this is plural. Not one singular. We need now to go back to the basis of our study. What commandments is Jesus telling his disciples, that's us, to keep? The Ten Commandments? No. The Ten Commandments were not given to teach men how to get to heaven. If you study it out, we've done this before, we may go back and do it again, but these Ten Commandments were actually given to teach a rebellious nation that they had no free ticket to heaven. Just because God said, you are my people, they said, oh man, we got this made now. No. Go study it for yourself. But that's That's not the focus of today's study. But basically, Israel had gotten tossed out into the desert because they refused God's command to go take the land. As God instructed them. Moses then led them to Mount Sinai and was telling him, okay, God's going to come down tomorrow. Prepare yourself because he's going to talk with you. And as God descended on the mountaintop, there was this earthquake and thunders and lightnings and and these dark clouds and the people got afraid. So they told Moses, hey, Moses, uh, you go talk to God. Nice people, right? You go up there. You go talk to God. And then come back and tell us what he said and we'll do it. So, Moses, when he originally went and talked to God, told him, God told him what to tell the people. 
And the people's attitude was basically being flippant. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's easy. We can do that. No problem. But they never did it. They never did what God told them to do. They were basically telling God, we got this. Don't worry about it. And God did not take too kindly to that attitude. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.